Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. Tuesdays. Tuesday, Tuesdays. You know, Chad, I would normally say Super Tuesdays. You know how this, you know how we do. But today it's just I find myself all over the place. Trying to find a place to put my thoughts, trying to find a, find a place to put things in words, trying to find a way and to really put things in perspective. And finding them, finding that I'm at a loss today. You know, we don't do a, a political show. I, I'm not a big politics guy. Because if you wanna, if you wanna really break up a, a family, want to break up a church, want to get people set on edge. Get their teeth to grind, and then those those muscles in the back of your jaw is just kind of getting flexing and going up and down. Talk about politics or church. You'll break up a church. You'll break up a family. <laughs> You'll definitely break up some politics. So I'm not trying to break up anything today. I'm just really trying to bring folks together. But the the, the kind of workings and happenings in our country over the last. I mean, it's easy to say over the last week, two weeks, three weeks, but it's, it's really, it's more than that. It's been over the last, over my lifetime. And I don't, I've never spoken on topics like this, on this show. I've always allowed the Lord to, to have his way. We, we speak love here. We, we are always against hate here. We're always into whatever the Lord's plan is. And we know the Lord's plan is going to be what the Lord's plan is. But, but today, I believe this is also part of the Lord's plan. There's been a lot of people that have, have posted a lot of things out there and on social media. It's everywhere. Commercials, music, billboards, demonstration signs. Some people are calling them protest signs. But it's there. It's in our face. So there's, I, I found myself wondering, is it, Craig, you know, is it really even worth talking about do I spend time really bantering back and forth to a collection of an audience or a collection of people that already understand what it is what the situation is from from our perspective do I spend time trying to to spin up a debate with another group of people that you know don't have the same perspective I, it's not a debate and it's not trying to prove or disprove one thing or another. The unfortunate part of what I find myself or where I find myself and my five sons is that there's a version of reality that we have. Our reality is one from the African-American's perspective. Well, we know that when we're viewed, when we're seen, we're obviously different. I know we're all the same in God's eyes. I know he loves everyone the same because we're all, we're all people created in the image of God. And that's, and that's the part that's the most heartbreaking. As a father, I'm, I'm, I'm compelled, I'm led, I'm, I'm encouraged to speak and teach on that singular point. The word created in the image of God all of us everyone not just my family not just your family not just their family but everyone's family 
And with that being the truth, here we are. We're right here. Yet again, mourning another death of another black man, African-American man, another woman, black woman, African-American woman. Use any adjective that's positive that you want on the description of the people who've been killed time and time again. I'm not trying to rile anybody up. I'm not trying to get anybody to say, oh, you know, all police are bad. No, because we know that's not the case. Just like not all people of any culture, any any group are bad or are good. We're all fallen. And I think when I have, would say these kind of things to people, they're going to look at me like, oh, there you go again. You don't understand. You don't, you're, you're not getting yourself to be a part of the community. You're trying to pull yourself away and separate yourself. Well, that's true in, in part because we are all a part of God's family. There it is, right there. Because there's a bigger plan in place here. The enemy wants to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. And he's doing a very effective job and we're falling right into it. I know I've seen some other posts where people are saying, yes, time's over for prayer, time for action. Okay, I get it. But what type of action should that be? Pray tell. Should that action be burning down a store? Multiple stores, smashing windows and stores and cars, set, turning cars upside down, setting them on fire. Is, is that the action? I, I just want to know. I mean, I, I, I got to get a good perspective because I saw another video post of a gentleman talking to another. A group of people who were at a peaceful demonstration. And I... It was two guys on opposite ends. One guy wanted to go break things and the other guy wanted to just keep things safe and quiet. And he asked a young man who was 16 years old, says, your generation has to come up with a better plan. Because what we're doing right now isn't working. Our plan isn't working. His plan's not working. And he, he when it was seen, he... The, the gentleman who was talking and asking the young man, the 16-year-old, the question, he, was, he said he was 31. The 31-year-old was also had been trying to talk and, and pacify a 46-year-old man who wanted to go and do some damage and just you know rough up some people and turn over some stuff and get some tables moving around. Justifiably so, and, and I'm sure he was, let's just say, since it's a Christian spiritual-based program, let's just say we're going to you know be angry like Jesus was angry when he came into the temple and he saw the money changers and sure when he saw that the those people had turned God's house into a den of thieves and robbers, I'm sure that gave Jesus a certain amount of oh, not in, not today, not in my father's house. He began to turn things over and make a ruckus and huh. Protest. Demonstrate, not quite as Peacefully. 
But here we are again. No one, no one talks about that. They, they speak about Jesus in a, in a way that it's okay for him to have done it because he was the son of God. And I get it, but when a collection of people out there trying to have a conversation, trying to make change, and again, I'm not advocating you go turn over anything. I'm not advocating you set a car on fire, breaking people's stories, because those are people's livelihoods that their families are based on their eating and their living and their housing. But we've got to come up with a better plan. I, and, I, and I'm a man of faith, so I, I believe there's a better plan on the way. I believe there's a better plan out there because I believe that our Lord is allowing certain things like this to come to the table so we can have a conversation and come to some change. It takes some time because you're not going to change everyone's mind. and You're going to have you know, people out there who unfortunately or fortunately think some kind of way. Feel some kind of way. But the important part is our response individually. How we respond to someone who doesn't have the same views about life, about God, as we are, as we have. Should we go put our hands upon them in a negative way? Never. Now, if they attack us, they attack you, then, yeah, of course, you need to defend yourself. You don't let anybody just run over you. But should we be the instigators? What does that prove? Other than all the people that feel this way on this certain topic of race relations and this certain topic about police, they're violent. So we should immediately dispatch the National Guard in every situation because every time that they speak or every time that they gather, they're going to be violent. They, they can't have a peaceful demonstration when we talk about opening beaches again. We can't have a peaceful demonstration when it comes to talking about other conditions about reopening California or things like that. We can't have a peaceful conversation because when these group of people get together, they want to talk about police and shooting and killing of their people. You know how they are. They want to tear up some stuff. Turn things over. Turn it upside down. So go ahead and just dispatch the National Guard on them. Are we feeding into the narrative? Are we setting ourselves up for failure? I don't know. I, I, it, there's, there's multiple views on it, but this is what my take is. I'm, I'm never a proponent, never an advocate of breaking things and tearing things up. And I understand, you know, back in the old days and that in the name of the church, people were slaughtered. In the name of, of expansion and, and exploration, people were killed in the name of one nation under a god people's property have been taken from them again i'm not a political guy i don't i'm not a historian and people could easily say oh if you don't know your history you're destined to, to repeat it the only history i'm interested in is the history of our lord and savior jesus christ because i i i know for a fact that he's going to give me the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding of how to proceed in the process and of going and speaking to people and dealing with a situation so because he already knows how many times that particular instance and situation has come around and around and around because he's allowed it he's also allowed change to come out of each and every one of them I mourn for the families who've lost on every side, every person, every, there's no, no parent should bury their child. That should never be the case. 
So I mourn for everyone that's lost a child as a result of anything, violent or non-violent. So let's get that out on the table right away. I asked my sons, because I've been wrestling with this for days and days, and I've tried to write this show message, whatever you want to call it. I tried to write for this show probably seven, eight days in a row. I just haven't been able to pull my thoughts together. And I thought, okay, fine, I'm not, we don't have a response. We haven't really said anything. I, I really don't know what to say. I mean, because I'm not really sure where I am, but as a father and my kids are getting older, I can no longer can think of them as younger kids. And I haven't polled my oldest child because, you know, he's not at home. So my immediate focus has been on the, the four that live at home's mindset and safety and making sure that my oldest is good. I know my oldest is good, so I'm working on the younger ones at the house. What's going on? Where are you guys at? So we actually sat out and we met last night. We talked about it. Wanted to hear where the, where the minds were on these situations and these topics. Because I have four younger men at the house that I'm trying to make sure that the Lord shows me how to, how to raise them and train them up and the way they should go so when they are older, they don't depart from it. So we sat down, and and it was a time when I had already spoken to two of them separately, the two middle boys, the 15 and 16-year-olds, that I had already spoken with them at length when we had, they had gone with me individually on a trip to set up a sound system for a, a family whose one of her twin sons had passed away suddenly. So I knew where the two middle boys were in part. So we sat down as a group. I asked them, what's going on, guys? Where are you guys at? What do you think about where we are in our country? Where, where do you think we are right now with this issue, the topic of race relations? Where do you think we are on this topic of, of how you feel about watching yet another African-American person getting killed senselessly and avoidably at the hands of law enforcement? Each one of my sons and his said that they were afraid. I'm like, okay, I hear you. One of them said, we need to have a response. We need to do something because you're silent, not yours. You said silence is affirmation. Silence is, is you, you agree with the situation. We need to do something. Another son said, well, I don't know. I, I haven't said Meaning him, he had not said anything yet and had not responded because he really, really wasn't sure what to say and how he should respond. He was concerned about the situation. He was, he was questioning. He was seeking God, so to speak, as to what he should do and how he should handle. He wasn't. There wasn't clarity in his mind. And so the two of them went back and forth for a minute and back and forth for a minute and back and forth for a minute in terms of how and where they should handle this thing. And so, and I know that's the music for commercial break, but we're going to, I'll let the music ride. We're going to finish this thought. We'll go to commercial in a, in, a, in a bit. We let those two, I let those two have their conversation for a minute. And we got through the end, I let him talk, and I got, I broke in, I said, okay, fine, we've, we've talked about response, we've talked about lack of response, 
And I told them, I said, we have a platform, whether we realize that we do or not. At Raising Men has a platform. It has a following. It, when I post, people read it. If I don't post, people don't see it. And they, and they may think a certain way. That I haven't known what to say yet. So I haven't posted. So I asked him, so does that mean that I agree with the situation that's been going on in our country? And the one that one was calling for a response, he looked at me like, because he knows me. He knows my character. Because I've shown him my character. I've taught him. I've, I've, I've helped explain him. We, we've had been on opposite sides of the same topic before, so we've talked through some things. He says, no, that doesn't mean you agree. I know you don't agree. Okay, so then I said, okay, then you can't lump me into, and everyone who doesn't respond, into the same bucket of not having, a, of, of agreeing with the situation or, or being afraid of the situation. Because, yeah, I have a fear that I was going to be felt some kind of way or arrested or shot, killed by a wayward police officer or a wayward person in general who feels the kind of way. Yeah, I've had that for a lot of my life. Let's not get that twisted. That's just something that our parents teach us. That's something we're always taught is that, you know, when you're walking down the street, down the sidewalk, which a lot of folks don't do, or if you're walking in stores, people are going to move out of the way just because of the stigma and the stereotype of who you are. You're a tall black man, six foot three, you know, and excess of 200 pounds. Okay, I'm not over, I am maybe overweight, but I'm not obese. Let's get that out of the way. There's going to be a difference in how people view who you are. My mother taught me that. Her mother taught her that. Her mother's mother's mother, keep going back as far as you want, taught her that. It hasn't changed. I don't care what area and neighborhood you live in. It's there. I was talking to another good friend of mine. They didn't think it, they didn't think this type of issue was in our neighborhood. A couple of friends, or a, a, a friend, had shared with her that, oh yeah, it's there. It's it's right where you live. Don't you know that your area, that your the, the the city the city that you live in is known for racism. It's known for it's displeasing. Well, it's lack of love for blacks. Don't you know that? She'd lived here for some time and she hadn't seen any type of, you know, outward, forward, you know, evidence of that. And when we, when she and I were talking about it, I let her know, I was like, you know what? The truth is, sin is sin and it's going to be everywhere. And you're going to find that people like each other, and they don't even like all of each other, that we'd look like, you know, because... I know all African Americans don't like every African American. I could, we know that already. So, because because we're a fallen culture, fallen race of people. So we'll, we'll cancel those words. Not a fallen culture being African American. So we're we'll cancel those words. I'm not going to go back and edit them out. We're a fallen race of people in general. Because there's only one race of people. Various cultures. People are into this whole thing about, oh, there's different races, different races. There's not. There's different breeds of dogs. 
But dogs can still produce another dog. I can have a chihuahua have, you know, sex or get impregnated by a Rottweiler and you wind up with a, another puppy. It's going to look kind of weird, but you're going to have a puppy. Because they're all same breed, same race. They're just different types from different places. We're all in the human race, one group of people, the same, but different. If you go back to the beginning before the continental drift theory, back when the Lord split the land and, and broke up the continents and sent people all into the four corners of the, of the earth because they were trying to build the tower to reach God, they were the same then. But no one wants to talk about that. When the continents were together, and if you push all the continents back together, even now, the shapes still fit, fit together. People don't want to talk about the fact that the continents are still shifting subtly. But because we've been in separate quadrants, separate places for so long, and our language was changed, because when we were working together, we were actually powerful together. We were better together. But no one wants to talk about that. Because today, now we all look different. We sound different. We're from different places. We have different value systems. We have things that so much make us who we are. And that's okay to be proud of that. But that there's a step above where we are on a person-by-person, culture-by-culture basis. We are children of the Most High God. And we should not be treating each other in such a manner. People wonder what God thinks about people who do that and how his children treat each other. And I'm not saying God sent COVID-19 or, or allowed it to come because of this, but you know what? Thank God I'm not God. Thank God not one, any one of you are God because we'd all been wiped away. But I do know when the flood came, that's how God thought of us. He thought about, you know, that's enough of that junk. I'm tired of them acting up. Stiff neck people don't want to listen. I'll wipe them all out and start again. Give a warning too. It will never be wiped out by water again. The next time I wipe you out, if you don't get it right, it's coming with fire. But I don't think we get it. I think this, there's such a because God's been allowing himself to be absent for so long in a audible sense of any presence of himself being in the land. Because now we're looking for the Antichrist to come. And so many people are, are, are trying to line up all the dots and connect them all together and think, is, when is the Antichrist coming? Or is he already in the land? And when is he going to rise up and make himself known? But in any case, and I had my, my aunt here before, when she came on talking about where we were with COVID-19 and, and, and where we were with the, with the revelation of God, we're not there yet. The trouble, we don't spend any time in knowing the, our history that the Lord has for us. If we study that history, as much as we study the history from our own personal cultures, it would be so far different. If we spent the time following after God and getting closer to him instead of trying to win some kind of financial race, some type of space race, some type of trying to be better than somebody else, you wouldn't spend any time tearing down another person's culture 
another group of people, setting people on edge against each other, trying to divert and change the narrative right now because we don't want to talk about COVID-19 anymore because we don't have an answer. We, we, we know people are losing their jobs and we, we, we don't have an answer for that either. And, and, and oh, here's something new we can, get, we can rally behind. Here's something new we can get people just so twisted up about. Yeah, let's 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 talk about let's kill another person. Let's let's get everybody let's, let's let's divert people away from the issue. It's not a cultural issue. It's not a race relations issue. It's a spiritual warfare issue. Let's call it what it is. Let's be let's be real for a minute. The devil is real. And no, for those of you who are into the you know, the radical parts of life. No, the, the devil is not a one particular cultural group or another. The Bible says we were created in the image of God. So we, you, you can do anything out of cultural math you want when we were all together as one group of people because the, we, we all used to look very much alike. And that's the sad part that we're, a lot of folks don't want to get down with. We all used to be the same. We're going to leave that pause there. To set that right there. We'll set that right there. But over time, choices were made. People's sin got involved and things changed. Different tribal groups started to move and do their thing. Things changed. Can we all be redeemed? Yes. Yes, we can. It's all a part of God's plan. It's all a part of God's desire for us. To see him, to be a part... There's more than just 144,000 people that are going to be at the end time. Of course, that relates to the 12,000 people that were amongst the 12 tri each of the 12 tribes. The math equates. It's 144,000. The scripture then goes on to say that there was a multitude that was too numerous to count. I don't know about you, but I know I wasn't born back in the day when the tribes were to know exactly which tribe I was a part of or a descendant of. But I know I'm going to be in that multitude that was too numerous to count. And I hope all you all want to be a part of that multitude that was too numerous to count because you're not going to be a part of the 144. I don't care what your religious group says, you're not going to be a part of the 144. Because if you were not, because you, if you were, possibly going to be a part of the 144 that means that this going there's some there's some math still going on there's some subtraction going on that some of those 144 weren't going to make it either or didn't make it and we weren't there but we're here dealing with a problem right now go back to the story about my friend and I talking when she realized that 
issues of our community have been there the whole time. It made her sad. I think, and speaking for her, I think some of the sadness had to do a lot with the fact that she didn't see. Or chose not to see. It depends on the perspective, right? I mean, there's oftentimes we see what we want. And there's oftentimes what we, we just miss it. Because we're looking for the good in people. And when we look for the good in people, we don't, we don't always readily see the bad. God wants us to be like him. He wants us to be good and be loving. He wants us to kind of be like we were when the pandemic first was, you know, being responded to in the U.S. Saying hi to your neighbors. Those are your same neighbors. The guy that was just killed and by the police officer, he was, he was that same neighbor. Sure, he waved to somebody that morning before he left his house. I'm sure there's other people who have been shot and killed recently. I'm sure they, sure they waved at a neighbor before they left their house. And I know should something happen to myself or my, one of my kids, I'm sure we would have, sure we would have waved to a neighbor on our way out of our neighborhood as well. You're listening to The Raising Men Show, by the way. And I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We're going to go to break. We'll be back in a few. We'll continue this topic of where we are. Sore topic, hard topic. It's not a popular topic. I'm sure there's been people who've turned the stream off, stopped listening. I get it. On the way out, I want to say this. We've got some good friends that are just have you know a lot of good friends who are, just, who are not African American. I have you know people say, oh, some of my best friends are black. Well, no, <laughs> I have you know friends of all, of various cultures, groups, and backgrounds. And a good friend of mine, Alan, he's a he's Filipino. He's I told him I said, you know what, dude, I think for people, my non African American friends, for them to really see that there's an issue in our country. It's if something were to happen to myself or one of my kids. Because that'll bring things really, really, really home. Close to home for people. We're not going to speak that into existence because Lord knows I don't want that to be the case. But unfortunately, it shouldn't take that. It shouldn't take someone that you know that you respect from another cultural group to get become a victim of a hate crime. For you to realize that there's a broken part of our country part of our race, part of our group as a family of God. We've got to do better. We're going to talk about ways to do better when we get back for a break. You're listening to The Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, right here on WKBY 1080 AM. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. 
Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo on WKBY 1080 AM. And welcome back to the Raising Men Show. And again, I'm your host, Kirk Carlisle. You know, we're talking about, you know, where we are right now with the whole relations, with, with what's happening in the country. And you know, the sad part is, I'm really, it makes me frustrated to even talk about it all the time. It's, is it really necessary? I mean, it, it is necessary, yes, to make change, but should we even have to be here? No. If we would just follow after the way. I'm not talking about Disneyland and the Mandalorian. I'm talking about after God's way. I mean, he's the one that created us. And I know we're, it's a fallen world. We talked about this. We're fallen people. Man, mean the people. We fell when Adam ate the meal that his wife cooked for him from the tree of the of knowledge. We weren't supposed to do that, but we did it. We weren't supposed to treat people poorly, but we've done it. Jesus got killed. But that was prophetic, so he was there. It was supposed to happen to him. But all those other people along the way, we've talked about it before in our first segment where actually I don't think we talked about it in the fact the first segment is something that come up I wanted to save for this segment when when all the people have passed away and died, whether it be violently or nonviolently, you know, it was their time. The unfortunate part is the, the means by which they did pass. It's unfortunate. When I listen to my kids talk, when I turned away in the first segment, when we talked about it, we sat there and we talked together. Out of each of their mouths, they said they were afraid. Shouldn't be afraid. Shouldn't have to be afraid. The word says, you know, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and might and a strong or sound mind. So how do we make change? How do we how do we make this thing better? I mean, where do we go from here? I mean, how do we start? I mean, how do we stop this? How do we not set things on fire anymore? I know some songs and, you know, fire and this girl's on fire. Well, you know what? Got some stores and some places and some cars that are on fire, and it's not necessary. It's not. It, it really isn't. This isn't the way. Does it get attention? Yeah. Okay. Negative or positive? You know, back in the in the movie business, you know, Hollywood industry. Yeah. Any any attention, any publicity is good publicity. Any attention is good attention. I don't know. My son, one one of my fifteen, you know, one of my kids, my fifteen year old, went on a run today. He said, I'm going to go run down to block and I'll be back. He made sure he called me or texted me, I should say, when he got to that spot where he was going to make the end of his run and he, okay, I'm on my way back because I needed to know 
especially in this time right now, we need to make sure, we need to be careful, we need to make sure we understand and know where we are, where our kids are. And My kids were asking, one of my kids asked me too, are we going to go to a peaceful demonstration, Dad, and show support? What are we going to do? And I said, no, we're not going to go. And people may, when they hear me say that, they may be like, oh, what are you doing? What are you saying? That, we're not gonna, that you're not going to go and support? And that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. I'm a single parent. I have five kids, four at my house right now. I don't have the luxury of being able to live life willy-nilly. Yeah, I can stand up for what I believe in. This is true, but I also can stand in a place that's safe and I can watch my kids. Are my kids going anywhere anytime soon? Probably not. You know, I'm sure they're listening. Sorry, guys. I wish you could. We still don't have a solution yet for the coronavirus and how you contract it and how you don't. Beaches in my town open up on Tuesday. My 16-year-old asked me, Dad, you know, a couple of my friends, they said, hey, we want to go to the beach. And I told him, I said, well, you know what? If you really wanted to go, I th- you know, let your friends know. I think I would be a little bit more excited if you went, like, the first day. Because a lot of the kids should still be doing their homework and things like that instead of being out at the beach. Now, when they say open the beach up, okay, our beaches have been up for a couple of weeks now. But I mean, in terms of being able to be in the water and play and swim and surf and do all those kind of things, yeah, they're open. But in terms of, you know, being in a stationary spot, sitting and relaxing, no sunning themselves or whatever, playing games or whatever. No, you got to keep it moving until Tuesday, Super Tuesday. In my area, they'll be able to sit chill, relax, just like it was any other day. I don't know what phase we're in. One and a half, 2.1, 3, 7, I don't know. But whatever phase it is, people are allowed to be. People are allowed to be open. I drove past uh, my old town, came to Temecula on Sunday. Yeah, the restaurant's open for the last two consecutive weekends, Memorial Day weekend, and then this particular weekend, people were sitting at the bar, sitting outside restaurants on the patios like it was Memorial Day 2019. I was about to pull out some pictures of, you know, when the kids were playing at the pool. I was like, oh, look at all these pictures, BC. That's pretty awesome. For those who don't know what BC stands for, it's not the old school AD and BC. It's like, it's before Corona. People sitting like it didn't even matter. Brian Miles has a song I play on my Christian hip hop show, the the framework. The song's called Mask Up. People didn't have no masks. They were just out there just chilling. And I know I'm assuming there's a lot of people been cooped up sheltering in and they don't aren't showing any outward signs of having any, you know, viruses or things, but here's my concern on the on the on the, on the for real. We're one week out since Memorial Day. I don't care what you say. Hoax, not hoax. For real, not for real. I don't care what you say. Those numbers were trending up before Memorial Day. We're one week out. Going into our second week. I'm interested to see what the numbers are going to trend and looking like in two weeks. Are the numbers spiking because we've gone back out into the wilderness, so to speak. Without a plan. And with it, it seemed like at least the people I came across, they were not trying to social distance themselves, which is what the, the plan still calls for, social distancing. How do you sit in a restaurant table next to a table with people who you don't know, and you don't know what they've been doing? Have they been sheltering? Have they been doing whatever? Have they been riding the city bus, the train, the, the riding airplanes, going on whatever, and 
touching their face, and they're sitting right next to you. Now, granted, I think one thing I'm actually excited about is that no one coughed. Because I think if someone had coughed in the restaurant, I was at picking up my to-go order, I think you would have cleared the whole place out. I know I, I, I would have ran. Ain't no two ways about it. But what are we doing? How do we make things better? I think we need to, I don't know, the word says we need to obey our leaders in this world, in this land. Okay, so we need to do that. Also need to ask our leaders, you know, in a way that makes sense. Have them show us the facts, talk to us in a civil manner. Become a part of the problem, part of the solution. Come to the table, ask for a seat, make a seat, bring a seat with you, sit down, listen, go to your city council meetings. How often do any of us go? And here's the for real. Prior to any of the problems we were having, prior to Corona being a published thing, an unknown thing, how many of us went to our city council meetings? I don't go in my area, but I do read the notes. I do read the transcripts at least four out of the seven days a week. I read it in my area because I want to find out what our city's doing to keep my family safe. What are we doing about the kids going back? When I had an opportunity to speak to administrators at my children's school to let them know this is what my house is going to do. This is what my house wants from being able to have my kids be safe getting back. I made my voice known. How many of us are signing up for this, filling out our census for 2020? So once every, this is a 10-year occurrence. This is a time to speak up. How many of us vote? How many of us write our congressman? How many of us call and email our congressman? How many people even know who our congressman is? How many of us know what our voting precinct is? Well, let's make it real. It's been at least three months for some of y'all. Some of us. Let's make it inclusive. How many of y'all know where your local church is? Okay, so make it even more real. For those of us who are, have a regular regular job that's paying right now that we haven't been furloughed or laid off or to, you know, told to come, come back for right now, how many of us are still sending our tithes in? How many of us are checking on our pastors and our pastors' families and, and see how they're doing? If nothing else, to, you not to even make a meal because the, the church may not be receiving any revenue at the moment. But those are men and women. Expecting your pastor to be there for you when you have a, a head cold or a, or a sneeze. Well, the church has caught a cold. Our communities have caught pneumonia. Our world has caught COVID. And who's, who's calling now? And in this situation right now, when we're talking about race relations and we were just speaking about how are things any better or worse? Who's waving at that neighbor now? Who's okay with raising their hand and thinking, okay, what you got? You got a gun in there? You got a bat? Got a, something in there that's negative in there? Hold on, hold on. Don't move. Don't make the sudden moves. How many of us are reading our Bibles still? How many of us are praying still? How many of us are fasting still? These are the ways you make change. Let the Lord seek, you know, seeking the Lord's face and show me you have a contrite heart and you want to do better that you're all about his plan how, how many of you are praying for your law enforcement and praying praying for your leadership praying for our president how many how many people are actually praying for your neighbor how many of you go check on your neighbor these were the same folks that we just talked about we were praising and thanking god for just three four eight nine weeks ago and now what socially distancing now in a grocery store how many are speaking now went to grocery went to a 
gas station myself, and I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if anybody feels some kind of way about me now. And I get it. Some of this stuff is internalized. I get it. Some of this stuff is the enemy wanting to make you think that the people are saying extra things about you. Yes, but some of it is real as well. And that's what we need to use to sermons. That's another way we make it better. We need to pray the Lord, you know, show me the way. Speak to me clearly, Lord. I, I need to understand what to say, not to say. I asked another friend, hey, did you go to any, any of the peaceful demonstrations in your area over the weekend? Their answer was no, I, I didn't go. I couldn't go because I was afraid of what I was going to say. What do you mean you were afraid of what you were going to say? You're a grown woman. I mean, what were you afraid of? I mean, the prophets, the gift of the prophet is subject to the prophet. We have to be able to use wisdom and, and be able to restrain ourselves. And otherwise, we're no better than the people out there turning over cars and burning down stores and looting and rioting. That's not what Christianity is all about. That's not even what the love of God is about. That's not even what being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is all about. We've got to be able to express and have the mind of Christ and use that mind. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. That's how things get changed. You're listening to The Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We'll be right back for the final segment. We're going to keep talking about this. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202. Or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo, on WKBY 1080 AM. Yeah, final segment. Final things to talk about. Final thought. And I I, I don't even I don't even know if this is the final thought for how long. We're supposed we're still in the quarantining our thoughts series right now. And are we really doing it? This is that topic is is more true and right now more than ever. During this pandemic, during this issue with race relations and this issue with just where our country and our world is on the topic of life, we need to be quarantining our thoughts more now than ever. You realize right now that these demonstrations are on the heels of having been cooped up, sheltered in for about probably nine to ten weeks. And people's nerves are on edge. There's some stuff that was lurking like just below the surface that just starting to leak out. And folks are just starting to lose their dog on mind because we're just tired of being tired and tired of being told what we can't do, can't do, want to do, should do, wish I could do. And now you're going to come and put your neck, your knee on my neck too and then come tell me some other junk and then you're going to put the National Guard and there's a whole lot, a whole lot of stuff going on and it's all amplified. The sad part is this is just like a cloud. 
I'm like, where'd you get that analogy from? How did you pull that out of your colon? What it is is a cloud is actually started on a particle of dust or a collection of dust particles over in one spot. All of a sudden, then, you know, more and moisture gathers, more moisture gathers, and the cloud gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, you find this big, large, massive cloud formation that was started over on some little tiny side of it. But you don't notice the little tiny speck that started the whole thing. You see the big formulation that you see as a cloud that eventually becomes something that can produce rain. It's really where we are right now. Had a very small collection of dust and frustration that's been kicked up, pushed around and stirred up, knocked around. And now that's all been brewing together and you have this one big cloud that is raining it's frustrated it's pouring down upon our and it's not in this case it's not a good thing it's just some bad things that are pouring into our cities pouring into people's minds I had a friend that texted me it's the mother of a couple of kids that my sons have played sports with for years volleyball basketball you name it her husband and I have coached side by side, arm and arm. We we've taken our kids and you know traded them off, going back and forth from tournaments. We've you know he's given my kids shelter when we've gone to you know different tournaments and vice versa. We we are locked arm and arm when it comes to sports. This this is my guy. This this is what happens. In fact, we were even we <laughs> not were banned from a well not so much banned, but we were asked to not coach anymore because. Our kids, of course, you know, I've got, you know, four that play five total, but four that were playing or could play kind of, I think were three played at one time and they've had a set of twins and there was, you know, our four kids. And at one point, I think we actually had five of them on the same team at one time. And of course, you know, the kids are all did well and we wound up winning the tournament or well, winning the league. I think we won like, I don't know, two, three years in a row, whatever. And the truth was he worked a lot on Saturdays. I did too. I couldn't be at all the games. So we were very seldom there at the same time for the whole time. They were our ride. I was their ride. I was the assistant coach. He was the head coach. But long story short, I was talking to his wife. She texted me, hey, do you, what do you think about your sons going to some of these peaceful protests? I said, I'm not going. So if I'm not going, they're not going. And her response was, yeah, I get it. As a woman, I don't walk down the street either by myself and across the way and whatever because she's just was afraid. Spending a lot of time trying to mend fences and talk to people and listen to people, that's how you make things better. And I, and I shift it like that because people are afraid on, all, on, on a lot of sides. Not just African Americans. A lot of people are afraid right now. So how do we make things better? We continue to talk and keep the lines of communication open. I'm the same guy that you knew before that you used to listen to on the Brazen Man Show. He may not listen to me now after I had this show. <laughs> so I guess we start over with a whole new audience, I guess, after this. Or, you know, pray the Lord to do his thing as he always does. But, you know, I can't worry about that. I can't worry about followers. I can't worry about likes. I just have to worry about that the Lord loves me and follows me and leads me. That's what the truth is. That's how we get things better. We have, to lay, we have to lay everything, our cares before the Lord. Cast our cares on him because he cares for us. That's how we make things better. We don't stay in our homes and shelter and start even pulling out the guns and assault rifles. That's one of the things my friend also talked about. She goes, you know, I have some friends that have, you know, businesses down in some areas that were a P-51 
peaceful demonstration actually took place. And they have some legal and illegal firearms in there. That doesn't make anything better. And I get it that they need to protect themselves. I understand that's part of our, you know, was the Second Amendment rights, the right to bear arms. In my case, I like to bear arms by wearing a short sleeve shirt. I know some of y'all get that later on after the broadcast go. We start laughing out of nowhere. People are like, what are you laughing about? Oh, that guy said bear arms. You get a short sleeve shirt. Yeah, that's it. Because I don't, there's nothing that I can think of in this country that I would need to have an assault rifle for. We're not a third world country. The militia, well, National Guard's out, yeah, but the militia isn't on the street all the time. The army isn't running through the airport with an assault rifle. It's coming down the street, checking on you, busting your door. That's not necessary to have an assault rifle. Only thing, the only type of weapon I think you need to clip with is some of the hair clip. Oh, just kidding. The so, <laughs> only thing I think you need a clip for is maybe a 9mm. Okay, what but do you really think about it? What do you really need that kind of assault protection and weaponry for? And if you do, and if your neighborhood is that way, then we need to do some other work in those areas as well to make them safer. To make them places we don't have to worry about our kids making it to the corner, let alone down the block to go to school. How do we make things better? We've got to continue to pray. We've got to continue to talk to our neighbors. We've got to continue to say hi. We've got to continue to show the face of God. We've got to continue to smile. We've got to continue to teach and educate. What am I doing better to make things better with my kids? I've started our summer planning early. What do you mean, Craig? What are you talking about summer planning? Kids are reading books. One of the things they're reading is Andrew Hopkins' book, Carriers of the Ark. Brand new book on Amazon, Carriers of the Ark. I have all this posted on my social media. This talks about what God wants from us. The, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant, and the, in the, inside the Ark of the Covenant was the tablets back in the Old Testament times, and those were priests that actually carried the Ark. And in their thought in those times, it was the carrying the Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit of the Lord lived and, and dwelt in that, in that box because this was during Old Testament times. So Jesus had not come. The Holy Spirit had not been released and set into the world yet. So the priest carried the Ark. They carried the presence of the Lord being in that place and they dwelt in the temple. So I've been letting my kids read that. They're also going to be reading Adventures in Revelation, Eschatology for Kids. Again, I know Andrew Hopkins personally. My aunt wrote this book, Adventures in, the, in Revelation, Eschatology for Kids. They're going to be able to talk with these two authors. They're going to be able to understand what life is all about. Going to be reading this other book, Over My Dead Body, A Guide to Biblical Manhood by Justice Coleman. I'm sorry, I didn't give the, I apologize. I did not give the author for Adventures in Revelation, Eschatology for Kids. That's Mary, Dr., uh, Professor Mary L. Page. She will be. Dr. Mary L. Page within the year. Again, Over My Dead Body, A Biblical Guide to Manhood, Justice Coleman. We're also reading um, Operating in the Courts of Heaven. We're also reading uh, uh, something about triangular powers. Uh, we're also reading, There's, uh, I believe there's two more books my kids are reading, and I forgive me, I don't have them in front of me. But I'll post them all on my social media, and I've launched this site and on the podcast. This is how we're making change. And, I, and I, I talk to my kids a lot. And talking to our kids is another way we make change. We, we teach the kids. And the Bible says we train up a child in the way we should go. If we, if, or it didn't say if. It didn't say we. It says period. It's a mandate. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are older, they won't depart from it. So if we, don't, if we teach love now, if we don't teach hate at this early age or at any point, if we, if we train them in the way they should go, the things they should do, 
they're going to know what love is. They're going to know who God is and they're going to know how we respond. And they're going to watch us, how we do respond, how we don't respond, how we are and how we aren't. Because kids are shrewd. They know a fraud in a minute. They know if you're faking it at home. They know if you got your head in a bottle, if you got your bottle on your head, drinking some stuff, and if you're taking some other stuff inside of your body, then you're just so some kind of way about everything. They know because that's who we are. And when we're in, you know how we also make change? We take care of those generational curses and we break them out of our lives. Some of us have a generational curse that over us, over hatred, over these are spirits, fear. You name it. Insecurity. These are spirits. We need to understand what was brought down in our bloodline from our father's father's father. What were the agreements that that they made and the failures that they made? Abuse, whether it be sexual or physical abuse. How do we make change? We continue to seek God's face and realize that we don't have to live the life that our parents taught us in a negative way. We don't have to live and be in our marriages. We don't have to have the same marriage that our parents had or our parents' parents had. We can have something totally new that the Lord would want us to have. That's how we make change. Sometimes we make change by reaching in our pocket and and pulling some change out and actually using some money that folds and not much some money that jingles. When we pay for something and not ask for a handout giving and supporting those, buying these books, buying music, paying for stuff, listening, supporting our our youth. We don't always agree with what they're doing, but they're giving themselves to the Lord. Should you can support, we can support by listening to things like The Framework. It's a Christian hip-hop show. What's what we do trying to make a difference? Well, I gotta go. I know we rushed through that. It's the Raise the Event Show. I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. Quarantine our thoughts, man. That's how we go. WKBY 1080 AM. We keep Blessing you.